everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the New Path Podcast. This time, Adam is going to be your GM, and I'm very nervous, so bear with us. Who all we got today, from my right? Hannah. This is Matt. I'm going to do it right. My name is Wes. Today, I am playing a cleric. <laughs> it's not right. There's no right or wrong. Oh, come on. There's no right or wrong. There always is, Mr. Ferox. Ferox. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll introduce your characters in a moment. We'll Mr. introduce them. And Casey's also here for the first time. Welcome, Yay. Casey. Welcome, Casey. Hello. Glad Straight to have you on board. From Knoxville. Woo. Straight out of Knoxville. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And today we're going to be doing things just a little bit differently. We are running a Pathfinder Society adventure path, not just the playtest. So, I mean, it's part of the playtest, but it's not Doomsday Dawn. That's more Matt's alley right now. And we're actually doing real Pathfinder Society characters. So we're yeah. having numbers. These are going to be usable at other places like conventions and whatnot. And uh, we're going to have the character sheets up onto the website. So if you're interested in seeing what our builds look like, you're welcome to go check them out. Uh, we'll also probably have our Pathfinder Society numbers published. So I'm not, I've am not i not done Pathfinder Society before. <laughs> Wes is looking at me like maybe we shouldn't do that. I think it's like a password. Do you, uh, do you post your social security number for everybody to find? I mean, when the government asks me to, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we will not have our Pathfinder Society numbers online. We'll just put Adams up there. And yeah, just, yeah. Well, you can have mine. All right, let's kick this off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly a year ago, Absalom fought off an invasion of demon flesh constructs and undead marines remembered as the Fiend Flesh Siege, during which the city's siege lord offered every slave freedom in exchange for their assistance in defending Absalom. Practically overnight, one of the city's cruelest industries came to an end, and many hundreds of the liberated have since become Absalom's newest citizens. Although most have welcomed their manumitted neighbors with open arms, an unidentified serial murderer known only as the Rose Street Killer has systematically slain at least a dozen of these freed people. So far, the city guards have questioned scores of witnesses and suspects with no luck. The Rose Street Killer remains a large, and one of their most recent targets was Nephorin Zor, a former scriptorium slave who had joined the Pathfinder Society shortly after the siege. The society doesn't normally investigate crimes in Absalom, but Venture Captain Ambrose Valson is furious that a Pathfinder's gone missing thanks to the criminal. He's assembled a team of agents to help solve the case. Don't let him down. Lives are on the line. Okay, let's go over this just a second, because that was a lot of information. It is, it is. Names, There's uh, Ambrose, or Ambrose? Ambrose. I know, I wanted to say Ambrose, Ambrose yeah, but it's Ambrose. It's Ambrose. Ambrose is, uh, <laughs> and he's the captain of the Pathfinder Society? He is the captain of the Pathfinder Society in Absalom. He's what's... Cons <clears throat> he's, he's, <laughs> let's stay in. Yep. He's what's considered a venture captain. Venture captain. Venture. And the last... Uh, target was Nephorum Score. Well, one, it wasn't necessarily the last target as much as it's just somebody from the Pathfinder Society. And her name is Nephilurin, N E L F U R H I N, Zor, Z O R. Man, we can I call did her not spell any of that correct. I wasn't at all. even close. I was not <laughs> close at all. And some sort of strange kind of sage, right? Said so she was some, like, some type of sage. Uh, yeah, so Nephilim Zor is a scriptorium slave, or she was. Slave? Mm-hmm. She's no longer a slave uh, since she was released after she helped out with the siege. All right, so you all, uh, maybe not all necessarily from Absalom, we don't quite know yet. However, you would have received handout number one, 
which is a letter from Ambrose himself. And it says, Pathfinders, the circumstances surrounding the recent disappearances have me convinced that the fault lies not with some Rose Street killer, but with the band of the palm, that filmsy front for the despicable collection of villainy known as the Bloody Barbers. Come see me for details. So we're going to Ambrose to get details on the Rose Street Killer. Absolutely. You all head towards Absalom's Grand Lodge for the Pathfinder Society. And this is where you all meet at the front door. So, introduce yourselves. Casey, let's start with you, man. Who is your character? Tell me about him, everything I want to know. Go ahead and throw the new guy under the bus. Oh, you know it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jagar, Jagar Carr. I'm simple paladin. My long sword at the ready, light shield ready to go. I'm here. I'm wanting to do the most good here in the world. And now I heard about the incidents that's occurred, and I'm just out here to help. Here to help? For why? My mother was a slave. Ah. Oh, uh, when you, with the person who is bugging the paladin is a short, blue-haired gnome. Uh, he's wearing a breastplate that is probably about a size too big for him. Uh, if you look closely, he could probably squat down and shrink up a little small and fit inside of this bread breastplate. It's a turtle. Uh, he, he could turtle up pretty darn easy. Uh, he is also probably wearing a a small wooden symbol of Iomide, and he's a little snippy and snarky, and that's why he's just like, why? Why do you want to help? What's the big deal? And Nitsy. Nitsy? Is, oh, my name is Nitsy, by the way. Hi, hi, hello, hi, 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 you three, hi. <laughs> Matt, introduce your character for us. Uh, I am playing Ferox. Uh, Ferox is his nickname. Most elves are given their own nickname rather than than going by their first and last name. Apparently, elves have four names. First name, last name, nickname, and then secret intimate name that's only known by you know lovers and like parents and things like that. So Ferox is the name that he goes by. And I modeled him off of Yukio from the Samurai Showdown. This oh, guy. very cool. Yeah. Yes. So he's got the dark... Like midnight blue hair down to his waist. He doesn't have a samurai sword. He's got a, uh, a staff instead. Um, six foot one, very, very thin. And he also has a holy symbol, and it's of Nethus, which is a, a mask that's half black and half white. Um, not doesn't really say much. He, uh, I don't know if we're standing in front of Ambrose right now, but. You were not. You were standing in front of the Grand Lodge's doors. In front of the doors. Um, Ferox just nods politely. Uh, and heads in through the doors. Okay. And last but most certainly not least, Hannah, who are you playing today? Hi, hello, howdy. I am Clover Honey Blossom, and I am a halfling rogue, and I crave adventure. And attention, apparently, with a name like that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. Clover Honey Blossom? Clover what honey do you Blossom. go by, Clover? Clover. Okay. <laughs> what does uh, Clover look like? Clover's short, blonde, wears a lot of flowers. You know, in the hair okay. and such. Uh, leather armor. Nothing too bright and shiny. All right. Yeah. Great. Are you Plain. a hippie? <laughs> yes. Flowers in your hair. Okay, cool. So DM throwing me to the dogs. I yeah. thought I was, you know, 
being my character sure, sure, at the sure, front sure, of the sure. door. So, so, let's, so let's visit just your character. A little, a little revisit sure, yeah, of my yeah. character. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Casey. Sorry, Casey. Uh, he also has the same religious symbol of Imolde. Nope, that's wrong. Imolde, as uh, Initsi has. You know, there, I think there's a huge like following yeah. between different pronunciations of that name. Because yeah. I've heard Yomade, Iomade, yeah. Amade. The one, the one <laughs> I have heard from the creators, uh, Paizo employs themselves, it's Iomade. Yeah. Iomade. Yeah. He has that same religious symbol. It's in his backpack, though. It's not hanging around his neck because it gets kind of clattered with the chainmail armor he's wearing. <laughs> and he uh, he looks like a little Thor. because uh, <laughs> A little Thor? He's a dwarf. Oh, nice. <laughs> Please tell me it's a dwarf of blonde hair. Has blonde oh, hair. Yes. yes. Blue eyes, alabaster skin, and he is just ready to fight. And I think you mentioned uh, off air, he's Olfen. He is Olfen. Which yes. is interesting because there aren't very many dwarven Olfens. There are not. That's so uh, cool. Hence, mother being a slave. Ah, okay. That makes mm. sense. That so makes sense. You're a dwarven L'Oreal model. Exactly, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's hard to keep his hair looking this good. You're worth it. Casey, could you say your name again? I missed it. Uh, yes, it's Jagar Carr. Jagar. Do you... Well, you don't know. Just Jagar, Jagar is fine. So we are joining our beautiful adventuring crew, Jagar Carr, Anitsi, Ferox, and Clover Honey Blossom. It's going to be a great adventure, guys. You all see in front of you a large entrance to the Grand Lodge, and it is a double-doored system. On either side of you, you see two columns with globes standing at both tops. On the doors themselves, you see a sword and you see a staff crossed, and you may enter whenever you are ready. Oh, I just charge right in. I'm really not interested in uh, talking to you at all. Yeah? You just you got yeah, you've the, gotten your letter. Guys, and... My letter. I'm going directly for Ambrose. Okay. Ferox is probably opening the door as uh, and Nancy just blows right by him and just <laughs> got away. And moves on in. All right, all right. And I'm assuming Jagar and Clover follow. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. just right behind. Great. So whenever you all enter, you see a small receptionist sitting behind a typical wooden desk, and she says, "Hello, how may I help you?" Ambrose, where is he right now? Uh, I believe Ambrose is over to the right. And I uh, walk directly that direction. Okay. And the rest of you all follow. Uh, if you go towards the right, you go through a large chamber, and you see uh, Sir Ambrose Valson, who is being played as Christopher Lee. Oh. <laughs> I have cast almost all of the NPCs nice. for this adventure. Oh uh, so you all walk through this chamber, and you see uh, Sir Ambrose Valson sitting there, and he's actually polishing a bastard sword. Um Venture Captain Embrus is flicking an invisible speck of dust from his impeccably pressed cuff before he looks up at you all. And he says, Thank you for arriving together. I don't like to repeat myself. I trust you received my note, and I hope you have your wits about you. It's all well and good for everyone in the city to contact their own thrilling hypotheses about some serial murderer, but Pathfinders need a bit more... Hmm... Evidence-based. Yes. I was just trying to insert a word for you, sir. Don't do that. I'm immediately uh, intimidated by Dracula Dooku standing before me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks around at uh, all of you and he says, Hmm, to that end, I'd like you to find some low-ranking members of the Bloody Barbers and press them for information. I suspect their straight razors are ultimately to blame for the disappearances. And he kind of looks away from you for a moment looks down at his sword and he says I shouldn't need to tell you to be careful in dealing with Absalom's largest thieves guild but do try to avoid the old crimson shave 
and he takes his thumb and he from ear to ear just <laughs> cuts his throat. He cuts his throat what? with, his, with his thumb. With his thumb, pretending. That's awful. He's got a verbal thumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's um, interesting and rather frightening. I'm supposed to work with these three guys. Yes. And girl, two guys and a girl. That's the idea. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Fine, that's fine, that's fine. I have chosen the best of the recruits that I had, and I expect you to report back to me as soon as you find more information. Scraping the bottom of the barrel today, are we? Unfortunately, you all are what I have to work with. Very well, what's the pay? And there is no pay, you're Pathfinders. I'm confused. I thought we would get paid for doing a job. You get paid in the spirit of adventure. Experience and items will be our payment. And doing the best good that's in the world. Okie dokie. These three have it right. I expect you to join in and it's see. It is understood that we keep what we find, correct? To some degree. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's get down to the details because that's where the devil lies. <laughs> that's where Asmodeus lies. Uh, mostly? Well, if it's stolen, we can't keep it. But if it's stolen and then we steal it back and then it becomes ours, right? It needs to go back to the rightful owners. Fine. If we have identification of an owner, I agree. We'll send it back to you. Here, here. Ah, I see you all are still standing here. Do you have any questions for me or? Where can we find the bloody barbers? I assumed that you might ask that, being a new Pathfinder. However, I expect you all to rely on your own selves, your own intuitions, and each other to find these bloody barbers. Come in, do a job, figure it out on your own. Is that what I'm understanding? If you'd like, the exit's that way, Nitsy. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Anyone here have any particular skills at gathering information from the list? And around the time you guys start talking, he says, uh, Surely you all can see that I'm quite busy here myself. Scuttle on now, and may the gods be with you. He's too busy polishing his sword in private. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. He really just wants nothing to do with you all. He's, you know, he's been given, he gives you the task, and you all need to go on your way. Uh, there is a local bar right around the corner that you guys are welcome to go to and discuss amongst yourselves how to find the bloody barbers. Ferox will slightly bow and walk out. I'll follow closely behind. Clover will wave and smile. I'm going to say glare. goodbye to the receptionist and then follow suit. Okay. I'm going to glare at him just for a second. Miss the spot. And then turn around and walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> you hear grumbling as you walk away. <laughs> so you all find a uh, local Absalom Station bar. It's not Absalom Station, right? <laughs> you guys aren't at Starfinder. Beep, 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 uh, beep, 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 but if you exit the Grand Lodge and you take a corner down to the left side, you find a bar named Floats and Taps. Walking inside, <laughs> this is your pretty stereotypical watering did you hole. you make that up? Floats and taps. I did. Nice. Sounds a little bit like flips yeah. and taps. There's tricks. a flats and taps flats and here. Taps. And There's two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But oh. floats and taps sounded good. That's I thought, great. You know. no, no, I... <laughs> so uh, you guys go into uh, floats and taps, and whenever you walk in, like I said, it's your pretty stereotypical watering hole. I mean, it's kind of grungy. It's not the nicest in the world, but they sell floats and they sell beer, right? Uh, maybe they have some food. Um, you're not sure if there's a chef on duty or not. But when you walk in, you see kind of a 
small crowd. I mean, it's not very busy. It's maybe 9, 10 in the morning. However, it is open. Behind the counter, you do see a half-orc, and he's very happy. He, you know, greets you all very welcomely. He says, come in, come in. How may I help you all today? Do you serve wine in this establishment? Uh, if it floats and it comes out of a tap, we serve it, friend. I'll have a wine. And uh, so he goes off and he pours a small wine and brings it back to you. How may I help the rest of you? I'll climb up on a stool up to the bar and say, Howdy do, friend. Do you have anything here with uh, maybe fruit and a little sword and an um- umbrella in it? Uh, yes, I believe I can find something. I'll take it. And he'll turn around, get you a little fruit salad bowl. He probably has to go to the back to get some some sort of fruits and whatnot. Brings it out and hands it to you. How about the two of you all? I'm just with them. Oh, pleasant. How about you, sir? <laughs> just a cup of mead. And uh, he'll go over behind. There's like a, a tap that he pulls, you know, and mead comes out, hands it over to you. What do you find adventurers doing at the bar so early this morning? We're looking for the bloody barbers. Ooh. We need a dark corner. <laughs> well, all the torches in, in all the corners. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll be happy to blow out the torch in the corner over there for you. That would be lovely. Much it, appreciated. He'll lead you guys over and sit you down. Uh, he does blow out the torch for you, uh, and he says, uh, "Bloody barbers, huh? What are you? What are you looking for the bloody barbers for? That's an awfully odd thing to be looking for." Just wondering if you had any information about them. Uh, I mean, I can't say that I necessarily have any uh, in particular information. And on that note, let's roll some uh, knowledge checks, possibly, uh, or diplomacy checks. It kind of depends. If you guys would like to talk to him with it, which it sounds like Jagar is doing, uh, we can roll a diplomacy check, and he might have some information for you. If you guys would like to do any sort of knowledge recall checks, you're welcome to do that as well. Just let me know what your bonuses are. Don't look at me. How about a society <laughs> check? Society check works perfectly fine, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a, Basically, it's a recall knowledge society is okay. the way that it works. Then do you roll the recall knowledge? I do. Uh, I what, what is your mm. bonus? Plus three. Plus three? Ooh. All right, and uh, Casey, you were doing a diplomacy. You were talking with him. Yes. Uh, I'll go ahead and do a diplomacy okay. check plus zero. Plus zero? So yeah. just roll your d20 for me? All righty. Ten. Ten. All right. So, here is what you know. With a ten, um, let me, Matt. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what you know because this is you remembering it. Okay. Uh, so, with your role, who? What don't you know? <laughs> True to their appellation, the bloody barbers are often working as actual barbers. Um, they use barber shops as their basis of operations and meeting places. The Band of the Palm is the cover organization for the Bloody Barbers, and they meet regularly in a place called the Coins. And searching in or near that district is probably going to be your all's best bet. The Bloody Barbers are notorious loan sharks and often run illegal narcotic dens, so a neighborhood with a high concentration of such activity is likely to house at least a few chapters of the Barbers. Though the Bloody Barbers are the larger guild, The Smoke Knights Thieves Guild is much more secretive, so much so that it's never been proven to exist. However, the barbers at least attempt to maintain a veneer of secrecy and are unlikely to gather anywhere that a high-profile crime has recently taken place, lest they draw attention. This eliminates a number of neighborhoods from Ural's searching. I mean, more than likely you know that everything that the barbers are going to be doing is going to be near the Coins District. 
And also, the little-known head of the Bloody Barbers is Enkin the Cutter, and he is notoriously paranoid, and he's likely to forbid the meetings of lesser members anywhere near his favorite part of the coins. Do I have any idea how the Rose Street Killers fit in with these organizations? You don't. Okay. You don't. So um, you were able to recall, recall quite a bit of knowledge, actually, with that this. <laughs> Would you roll a 20? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. So, in character, uh, with your diplomacy role, um, <clears throat> the bartender is talking to you, and he says, yeah, uh, I mean, I know a little bit about the barbers. I know that they are often actually barbers themselves. Uh, they like to hide out in, in your typical haircutting salon. Uh, it's kind of their front. Uh, outside of that, I really can't tell you much. Where might one get a haircut around here? Uh, well... If you were looking for the barbers specifically, uh, Hannah, would you mind rolling me a diplomacy check? Of course. 20. <laughs> With a <Nice>. 20, <laughs> uh, the bartender looks over at you and he says, Wow, um, well, you know, I, I wouldn't typically tell anybody this, but for some reason I really feel like I trust you quite a bit. Uh, I, if you were looking for the barbers and you wanted to try and maybe find a place that I've, I've heard rumors of that they might be, I would check the Smiling Cut. The Smiling Cut? I've heard it's a place that rents out uh, barber chairs for anybody that wants to rent them there, so there's a really high chance that they allow the barbers in. Sounds both cheerful and dangerous. I think we should check it out. Is that also in the Coins District? It is in the Coins District, yes. Well, we were just really interested in finding a fine place for a haircut, nothing more. Mm. Oh, being secretive, I see. <laughs> That's a great place for a haircut. And I set down two silver. And uh, he will take them. Thank you very much. I appreciate your patronage. That's a fair bit of coin you handed there, Ferox. Are you independently wealthy? I would like to keep our trail silent. Probably a good choice. I've never met any of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys would like, you can finish up your meal, Hannah. Uh, you can, you all, the three of you, well, I guess really the two of you can finish up your drinks. Um, if you have any other questions for the bartender, he's happy to answer them. What, what do I owe for the meat? Uh, I think your friend has you covered. Thanks. Thanks, Ferox. Ferox just nods. I, I've actually forgotten. When Jarag, Jagar. Jagar. When Jagar was talking to uh, the bartender, did he ask about the Rose Street Killers? I did not. Didn't, he did not. You immediately asked about the Bloody Barbers, right? Correct. Okay. How much do you know, or how much will two silver pieces buy me as far as information for the Rose Street Killers. Killer. It's not killers. It's one person. It's one person. It's a, it's well, a, we, they don't know necessarily. Okay. So what have you heard? Have you heard anything about the Rose Street Killer? Uh, I know that there had been a murder on Rose Street, and I believe that's how the murderer got his name. Um, unfortunately, I haven't heard a whole lot myself. I try and stay out of murders, if you know what I mean. Wise. Yeah. It's uh, a good way to stay alive. I figured the best way to stay alive is serving people drinks, because when people are drinking, they're typically happy. Farox just nods, finishes his wine, stands up, and just kind of, you know how you hold your hands out like, I'm ready to go when you're ready to go? Sure. Um, and just kind of steps outside the bar to wait. Okay. Um, you all are welcome to go ahead and begin traveling towards the coins area. 
So should we start with the Bloody Barbers, or do we try to dig into the Band of the Palm? Looks like the Bloody Barbers was the best direction to go. I'd be honest. Um, if I'm being honest, I would say if I was a serial killer, I would not belong to a band that everybody knows about. I might stay on the uh, little secretive side, and I think we should visit that side of the coins. Band of the Palm? Yes. You said if. Yes. If we're being honest. If. Are we being honest? Well, this time. Hmm. You didn't specifically say where the bloody bar, or the band of the palm set, where they were, because they're so secretive. Nobody really knows where the headquarters is. That kind right. Of, they, okay. Most people don't even know if they really even exist. Okay. So maybe the bloody barbers would have more information about the band of the palm than being the same uh, business. Okay, I thought you said, hey, I know where the Band of the Palm is. Let's go there. No. 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 They're in the, we know that they're in the <laughs> Coins District. Okay. That's, and that's probably not a small area of Absalom. Gotcha. Then that, in that case, the only information we have leads us to the Bloody Barbers. Correct. Let's go there. Specifically, the Smiling Cut. The smiling that was the barber shop. That no was one's touching my hair. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite perfect. How about you, Ferox? You got a, you got a little bit of length there. I could use a trim. Mm. To the smiling cut. To, to the, the smiling, smiling cut. <laughs> 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 All right, so you guys travel to a specific area of the Coins District called the Docks. The Docks is just a little bit south of actual Coins District itself. You all walk up towards the Smiling Cut. It's a very typical barbershop. It has a barber pole outside. Um, I am actually going to have you guys roll a perception check. 15. Okay. 19. 21. 20. All of you recognize that outside of the uh, Smiling Cut, where your barber pole is, like, you know, most barber shops have the barber pole outside. That's a, I think it's a white pole with a red stripe and a blue stripe. Mm -hmm. This one particularly only has a red stripe. Like a candy cane? Like a candy cane. Okay. Except it's the opposite of a candy cane. So it's the red pole with the white stripe. I'm going to set it a little bit backwards. Does it's, that make sense? Yeah. So it's a red pole with white stripes. Yes. What does the blue normally signify? I'm honestly, I'm not too sure. The okay. big, the big thing for this is to recognize that it's different than your typical barbershop pole. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Wes, with your high roll there, you know that this may signify that it is a uh, bloody barbers friendly barbershop. I was assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this looks like the place, Frox. What was that name that you were looking for earlier? Uh, hopefully I say this without anybody else really hearing other than the four total of us. The name I was looking for? Mm, uh, you were giving a name. You were talking practically in your sleep back there. I think I just heard a second voice talking for you. Uh, it was a specific name of somebody that was like maybe the leader of the Bloody Barbers? Oh, I, I did fill you in. Ink in the Cutter. Well, that's, the actually, cutter. that's the Band of the Palm. Um, so the Band of the Palm is like the cover business for the bloody barbers that's what they pretend to be essentially okay, so inkin the cutter is the leader of the bloody barbers mm -hmm. inkin the cutter inkin the cutter should we go in and ask for a trim from this gentleman maybe not from him him being the leader he probably doesn't do all the haircuts maybe we should start lower on the uh, yeah it might be a little bit too direct lower on the ladder well work our way in i'm nothing if not direct <laughs> 
Very well. Uh, Ferox, lead the way. You seem to know the most. How about we let the gorgeous, shining-armored paladin lead the way into this dangerous den of unscrupulous people? I can also agree to this. All right. I'll go in. You all got my back, all right? Right behind you. Way, way back. But yeah, we'll be right there We've with you. We've got you, buddy. All right. All right, so I'm going to have my sword holstered, but ready to draw if necessary. Okay. And shield is to the side, and I'm going to enter. Okay. So you enter the smiling cut. Before the... I go in, real okay. quick, before I actually enter the building, I'm just going to quickly cast Detect Magic. Sure. Which in second edition is a 30-foot burst. Okay. All it does is say yes or no. No. Okay. <laughs> that, that's hey, it. That's, that's all I need. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Easy enough. All right. So you enter the smiling cut. The small barber shop has four worn barber chairs and a wooden waiting bench. The astringent odors of various hair tonics combine with that of talcum powder to produce a potent aroma. A large tarnished mirror runs the full length of one wall with a low shelf below it that holds an assortment of combs, razors, scissors, and jars holding murky liquids. The shop is almost empty, and it's quiet enough to hear the snips of its lone barber's scissors as she works on a large man's wild mane. While a freckled shop sweep stoops over hair clippings that he's meticulously swept into a neat pile. You all walk in, and as you see this all happening, a larger woman turns around. She looks over at you, and she says, What are you doing? What can I do for you today? Okay, that's great. I love that voice already. I'm in love with this woman. Yes. <laughs> Sounds very labyrinth. Labyrinth? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Oh, it yeah. does. Labyrinth, yeah. Yeah. I believe my friend uh, Ferox here is uh, in need of a haircut. She looks over at Ferox and kind of looks you up and down. She's currently kind of working on someone's right. hair at the moment. She says, well, if you want, you're welcome to have a seat over there, and I'll get to you when I get a chance. Ferox nods. Why did I play another character who doesn't talk very much? I, I don't did the know. same thing with Fane. Yeah. What the hell? But I'm doing a lot of talking, so it's okay. So <laughs> I, I go uh, sit down, grab a magazine, look through, uh, you know. Okay. What are the rest of you all doing? <laughs> I want to stand guard by the door. Oh, okay. Uh, if anybody comes in, I'm going to check them first. Okay. Uh, in fact, I might even stand outside the door, uh, just with it slightly ajar, so if anything happens, I can rush in. Sure. Is there... Uh I'm going to ask if there's a bathroom in the back. Yeah, sure, honey. Over there in the back. Go go. feel free to relieve yourself. And I go to the back. And all of you guys notice on her um, outfit, she has like a name tag that says Valette. And she has been casted as Kathy Bates. Oh, <laughs> my God. I love it. Also, the, um, nice. the man in the corner, he's not so much a man as much as probably a young boy, I think 11 or 12. I casted him as Jake Gyllenhaal. That's the one getting his haircut. No, he is no. the man that is cleaning up the haircuts. Oh, oh. You haven't seen the man in the chair yet. Okay. But you, all you can see is just this big bushy brown hair. Think like Andre the Giant. Oh, Lord. It's Hagrid. Or Hagrid, yeah. I mean, it's just this nasty, <laughs> long, big, bushy hair. That's gonna, she's going to be a while then, huh? Yeah, she's, she's just, you know, working away. Uh, and while she's working, you know, you guys are welcome to talk to her about anything you'd like. As I walk to the bathroom, I want to take a look in the mirror at uh, who she's giving a haircut to face-wise. Sure. Um, roll a perception check. It's a nine. Nine plus three. It's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fight immediately. That would be way too easy. So twelve. 
12 total. Um, he appears just to be a normal dude, just a big old guy. You don't recognize him in particular. Um, no outstanding features or anything outside of his big bushy hair. It's probably just time for a haircut. So this room has the entrance from the front, and there's a door in the back through mm -hmm. which he's going to go to the bathroom? Yeah, and um, you see there's like a door on your left to go to the restroom, and then past that there's a door that's probably the exit. Okay. I'm outside. He's at the back. It's up to you two. Yeah, I'm in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Hannah, what are you doing? So she was uh, she went behind the counter at one point, right? No, she's been standing there the she's whole time. She's been standing yeah. there, okay. And she's also the only person cutting hair there. There's nobody else mm. there. Are there other chairs? Mm -hmm. like there are four other chairs. chairs. So there's nobody else working right nobody now. Nobody else working at the mm -hmm. moment. It is early, though. I mean, it's probably, at this point in time, I'd say it's probably 10 a.m., 10, 10.30-ish. Clover? I want to snoop. Can okay. I sneak around and snoop? Um, it's going to be hard to sneak around with her standing there, but you're welcome to, uh, snoop around if you'd like. What are you looking for in I'm particular? Like, I'm like, yay high, so. Right. <laughs> you, like, come up to her knees. Yeah, exactly. She <laughs> might miss me. Um, I want to look for anything suspicious. Okay. Or dangerous looking. Uh, roll a, first of all, let's roll a sneaking check to see if, uh, you are able to actually get away with it. Okay, so stealth? Stealth, please. Okay. Natural 20 plus Jeez. my uh, four <laughs> modifier. Very nice. She disappears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you like to I shoot use, for? I use my flower crown and turn into a bush. Just in the middle of a barber shop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tree. <laughs> Nothing on here. Um, <laughs> it's a bush of hair, you know? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. Blood on anything? Uh, something that points to the bloody barbers? I don't know. Anything that looks crazy. Mm. If you look Dangerous. around, it, it appears to actually be a pretty normal barber shop. It's really? what you would expect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So Ferox is going to stand up and wait for Jagar to come back. Okay. Four or five minutes pass by. I'm assuming Jagar. How long are you relieving yourself for? Just three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's very specific. That's a lot. Three minutes passes. Uh, Jagar, I come back out. Um, I take a look at the exit door before heading back into the. Um, main area okay are you trying to open it or uh, just checking to see if it goes outside or if there's another area behind it <gasps> okay uh open the door so you open the door roll I'll a perception the check for me nat 20 plus three <laughs> so 23 <laughs> bravo uh so you open the door and if you were to be peeking around uh roll a stealth check for me because i want to know if she hears you open the door so this may be a good opportunity. Are you clumsy or noisy uh, with your armor? I have actually armor. I was about to ask um, what, if, if your armor has the noisier clumsy I also trait. have negative four to stealth, and I just rolled a four, so that gives me a zero. So you're, okay. no, you're noisy and clumsy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the uh, armor types do have a like a tag that tells whether yeah, they have. Um, and you're wearing chainmail, correct? Chainmail. Yeah, so chain chain noisy. has noisy trait. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm not clumsy, though. Just noisy. Just not Well, noisy. except for rolling a zero. <laughs> so you go walking toward this door like, what'd you do, like body slam it? <laughs> Take your shield and you're like, burst the door open with it. <laughs> Tripped and fell, guys. Tripped and fell. Uh, so you fall flat face into the door. No, you didn't, you know, you didn't necessarily fail 
or fall into the door. You just failed your stealth roll. So everybody knows you open the door. In great Dwarden fashion, I'm going to open this door. Yeah. <laughs> quietly. Uh, so when you open the door, it does. It, it opens out back. And if you look around, you see that they're kind of, it's a back alleyway. And there are two entrances, one on your left-hand side, one on your right-hand side. You know that they probably bleed back out into the main streets. Um, you do see two people standing over towards the left area and two people standing over towards the right area. Uh, but they don't appear to be doing anything necessarily nefarious, if that makes sense. What's the problem, officer? We were just standing around. Yeah. Uh, right. They don't even necessarily notice you because they're far enough away at the moment that it's just someone coming out of a back door. Okay. I'm going to shut the door and go back inside. Okay. Did, did Valette react to... Valette guy? does react. Right. So um, you hear from... I'm assuming you're probably half outside, half inside. Right. Okay. So you hear Valette scream at you, Hey, you back there, come on inside. What are you doing? What are you doing back there, honey? I need you in here. Oh, oh sorry, I just got mixed up. I went the wrong way. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right for a man of your stature. She goes back to cutting the man's hair that's sitting there, and she looks at the four of you, and she says, All right, four of you guys need a haircut. You're coming together. What are you doing in here? You have questions for me? Well, now that the knight in shining armor is back, and like basically between me and Valette, I will just add, you know, is Inkin going to be working today? I ain't never heard of no Inkin. Is there any kind of like... Uh, You're looking for sense motive? Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, roll perception. Is it perception? Okay. 15. With a 15, you believe her. Um, she probably doesn't necessarily know who Inkin is. Um, in fact, you get the feeling that she may not necessarily be super helpful in your investigation at all. Um, she probably just rents a chair here. Did the person getting their haircut react? No, or the not person at all. sweeping hair? Anybody mm -hmm. react to that? Nobody name? reacted. Uh, you do notice with a 15 that Snippet's ears... Sorry, I didn't introduce his name. The man in the corner's name is Snips. Um, he kind of perked up a little bit, um, but not, not obviously so. Obvious enough that I notice it? <laughs> Obvious enough that you okay, notice it, okay. but... If everyone else was to roll uh, 15 or higher, they would have noticed it as well. After saying that and seeing his slight reaction, I just kind of tap Jagar on his shoulder, point over towards Snips. He might know something. Is there a chair beside him? Uh, there's not. He's actually kind of like sulking over in the corner. Um, he doesn't have a chair or anything like that. He's just sweeping up some old hair that probably was the last person that got a cut. Storefront window, corner, mm -hmm. back corner. All right, I'm going to go up to the storefront window and look out right beside Snips. Okay. So you're looking out, uh, just kind of observing the street. Yep. And Snips, he looks you up and down and kind of cowers over in the corner. Like, he's he's very intimidated by you, very scared. A man in armor. Uh, he's he. You can tell he's nervous, just exuding that nervousness feeling that some people give off. And I'm going to ask, what are you nervous for? What do I know what for, sir? Uh well, you kind of, uh, according to my friend here, Ferox, he uh, says that you uh, made a face whenever we mentioned uh, Inkin. Inkin? Uh, if you heard me or saw me make a face, it's probably just because I'm scared of him, sir. Uh, scared of him? How often does he come here? I can't say I've ever seen him here, but uh, Inkin is uh, supposedly the leader of you know some sort of thieves' guild or something I've heard. Then w why are you so scared of him? I'm quite scared of everything, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> and about this time, uh, the three of you, while he's talking to Snips, 
you see Valette uh, lean over into the man sitting there, getting his haircut's ear, and uh, you hear her say, hey, uh, watch this. And she takes a long strand of his hair and snips off at the very base of his head and drops it on the floor, right near her feet, uh, obviously letting it fall, just trying to get it onto the floor. She turns over to Snips, and she says, Oi, Snips, you missed a spot over here. Come on over and clean it up. Snips walks over very, you know, not humbled, but uh, scared, as he, like I've kind of described him, hunched over a little bit. And he gets down, and he starts sweeping it up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry I didn't see it, lady. I I didn't mean to, Valette. And uh, as he's sweeping it up very slowly, she starts laughing, and she kicks him over. And he falls on his knees and... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's, she's, ha, 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 do you see what I did? He's my bus boy. He does whatever I want. The door bursts open. Nitsi walks in directly over to Valette. You like picking it on small boys? Only mine. And I'm a gnome, so I'm really short myself. Oh, okay. okay. And so I'll just, uh, I'll pull my shield out, and I'll kind of push her around into a corner and uh, stand up at full height and go, you like to pick on little boys? You like to pick on them? You like to pick on this poor, defenseless child who is here to help you clean up? You will respect him from here until the minute I leave, and Head. at least a week after. Uh, <laughs> rolling an intimidation check. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> nice role-playing, though. 19. Ooh, okay. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> She kind of looks down at you and looks at the uh, the three of you all along with the gnome here, and she uh, she walks over to the man sitting in the seat. And she doesn't. She almost doesn't even acknowledge your existence. She she looks at you, looks you in the eyes, and then kind of pushes past you. Oh, that's. I'm gonna do a strength check to keep her in the corner until she uh, says yes. Okay, make a strength check. Make a strength check. Uh, Fifteen. All right, with a 15, um, that's enough to keep her there. And she looks down at you and she says, this is my shop, I'll do what I want. You will not belittle this person who is here cleaning up your shop. I mean, that's what I pay him to do. It doesn't matter. You will respect everybody in this room at all times. All right, fine, get out of my way. Is that a yes? And she doesn't say it. But she'll stand there until you move or she can move past you. Uh, until she says yes, I'm going to stand there and intimidate, continue intimidation. So Clover's over on one of the empty barber's chairs spinning around, looking, you know, like messing with the barber tools and just, yeah, you big bitch, listen to him. <laughs> so I'm guessing in this barber shop there are scissors and other sharp objects just scattered around. There are, yeah. I'm going to use a cantrip called telekinetic projectile. Oh my god! <laughs> and grab one of those pair of scissors, and it's it's a range touch attack to hit somebody. I'm not trying to hit her. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to slam the scissors into the wall next to her head. Okay, so if you miss, you're going to kill her, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to grab a pair of scissors and just fling them towards the wall beside her. Sure. Do you want me to roll the hit? Yeah, roll the hit. All right. Because it could go one way or another. <laughs> oh my god. Twenty uh, adjusted nice. twenty. Nice. Sweet. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Boom. Right, so uh, I like to imagine that Ferox is sitting there very calmly, and uh, the pair of scissors that she was using to cut the man's hair slowly raise in the air and just swoosh right past him and thunk right into the wall. Yeah, kind of very Vader, how you know, how he just waves a finger and like things just fly. Yeah, it's kind of there's a verbal component, blah blah, but the 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 somatic component is him just flicking his fingers like he's grabbing and 
flicking the sword, uh, the sword, the scissors towards her. Okay. Uh, and at this point in time, she's in very intimidated um, by the two of you at least, which I never expected her to be intimidated by a gnome. But hey, we're rolling with the punches here, right? So uh, she looks down at you and she says, "Yes." She doesn't say that, but she does, but not in that accent. <laughs> she yeah. says, "Uh, all right, fine, fine. I get it. I." I'll respect Snips, and I'll respect you, little one. However, I'm done here. I want no more to do with any of you. She walks past you. She gets the man uh, that was sitting in the chair. She grabs him by his shoulders, and this man is much bigger than her as well, so it's kind of a showing of her strength. She picks him straight up out of the chair, stands him up, pats him on the shoulder, and she says, all right, honey, I'll finish your haircut later. I'll bet you just go ahead and pay me in beer and pies, and we'll, uh, we'll f- settle this later. Snips, I need you to clean up after me, and I need you to close up the shop. And she walks straight out, pushing the man out with her. All right, Snips, now that we're alone, I have some questions for you. And I want you to be relaxed, and I want you to understand that we are all here to help you. And he's still there, and he's, he's, he's kind of relaxed a little bit, but he's cleaning up the, uh, the hair on the floor. And he looks up, and he says... Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Now stand up straight, like a good little boy. And he he does try and stand up straight. Is he able to? Yeah, he's able to. Okay. Um, he, you can tell his back. He's he's so nervous and scared all the time that his shoulders are hunched forward. You know when right. people kind of just have that like hunched yeah, forward. Yeah, trying look. to protect their uh, the the soft meaty parts. Exactly. Uh, but is he able to stand up? Like it's not a physical defect. It's just a mental thing. That I he's would say to at this point it is a physical defect. Okay. He's been like that his whole life, right? So at this point he's trying to stand up and straighten his back, but he just can't quite get his shoulders back. Can't quite get the shoulders right. back. Right. That's, that's good. That's good. That's uh, very very good. But he says, uh, I I heard you were looking for the. the Bloody fathers. Well, we are. We are. I've I've heard rumors and sayings of where they might be. I could probably take you to where they could be if you're interested. Uh, Can- that would be good. And Snips, when we are done here, you need to find a new job. Uh, it's very hard to I find a job. You, I want you to go to the Pathfinder Society Lodge. I need you to talk to the receptionist, and they will find you work. I, I don't think I could be a... Pathfinder? Oh, we just need you to sweep the lodge itself. That's it. Oh. Well, I'm quite good at that. At least Villette doesn't think so, but my mom does. (laughs) But do not come back to this shop after we leave. Do you understand me? Uh, Okay, sir. Okay. (laughs) Ferox is going to retrieve the scissors from the wall. He's actually going to carry those out with him. Oh, you're stealing? Yeah. You're stealing? What is your alignment, Matt? I'm lawful neutral. Yeah, well, now you're lawful evil. I'm kidding. <laughs> Chaotic neutral. Uh, great. Okay. Uh, so I can't let him steal that. Oh. oh. Well, what, um, I can't let you steal. Ferox will pull three copper out of his pocket, throw it on the floor. That's fair. Now... I did have a question outside of that. Sure. Detecting lies. What's that from a skill perspective? Uh, Perception is all it is now. All right. I want to see if um, Snips is lying with regards to his mentality, attitude, and because he's he's scared. I'll just give you my logic here. He's scared, but he wants to just take us to them. That doesn't make sense to me. You were rolling to see whether or not he's lying to you. About the time that... Wes or Anitzi has asked him. He stands up and he starts. He walked over to the front door and he locked it behind Valette. 
He kind of finished cleaning up real quick, and then he started walking towards the back door. And about that time is when I would assume you started to question his morals, I guess yeah. you could say. You also hear him kind of trying to whistle. It sounds sort of like... And you can tell something is up with the whistle. And, and with your perception role, you know that he is not necessarily telling the entire truth. Um, in fact, you think that there's a really good chance he's trying to set you guys up. And after I was so nice to this son of a bitch. Yeah, right? Oh my God. You were going to get him a job. Yeah. Is this obvious or is this what Jack, uh, Jagar? Everyone else can roll a perception. I, I, there's no way. I'd, I'd have to take negatives to this. 20. 13. I'm here uh, to protect the kid. So Clover rolled a 20. Ferox, what'd you roll? 13. 13. Ferox, you have no idea. Yeah. You are 100% convinced that this kid is just, you know, this scared little worthless heap of a man. And, all right. Uh, Jagar and Clover, you all both know that there's something up with them. He's not telling the full truth, but you don't really know what he's hiding from you, if that makes sense. So he is walking towards the back of the building uh, where you had recently seen. Mm -hmm. You'd open the back door there. Right. Uh, as he's walking back, you hear him kind of making that weird whistling noise, and you can tell it's like he's never tried to whistle before. Um, and, and you hear him kind of pipe up, and he says, Okay, Pathfinders, uh, follow me, please, to the back here. We're going to leave. I have to leave the front door locked, and I've got to take the trash out on the way. Okay, here we go. I put my hand out and hold him back for a second. What? I look around to see if anyone else noticed the whistle. Now, Ferox is, wa is walking right behind uh, Snips. I'll, uh, I'll tug at your jacket a little bit. Ferox looks down. Yeah, shake my head. It might be better if I go first. What's up? It just might be better if I go first. Let me get behind him. In that case, Ferox will take the short bow off his back and okay. have it ready. Yeah, that sounded really awkward. And as much as I like snips, I'll get ready. Like, yeah. what is going on? Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you weird. ask him? Or are you just stopping him to, like, lead? I'm stopping him from being behind. I'm not gotcha. letting Snips know stopping that me. this is happening. So it you put your Ferox. hand on Ferox's shoulder. I put my hand on Anitzi because he was Anitzi. beside me. Fer yeah. Ferox was in the front with, I guess, Clover right behind him. And Clover got Jack. my attention. Yeah. Gotcha. So you were directly behind Snips. Do you yes. stop Snips yes. at all, or do you just let him continue? I don't really know what's going on. I don't know why. Like, I didn't hear the whistle. I don't know that he's being sure. a lie. All I know is that these guys seem uneasy about something I don't recognize, so sure. that's why I'm just getting my short bow ready. And then I'm just going to step forward and go immediately behind Snips. Okay. I'll follow him. Okay. Okay. So uh, Snips continues walking forward then, and he opens the back door, and um, you guys follow him out into the street, and I need you all to roll initiatives. <laughs> initiative. <laughs> there was a firefight. <laughs> hey, this is more what I'm used to. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Matt 20. Nice. Ooh. Somebody check that dice. No, no, leave it alone. What's the ad for initiative? Um, it's perception <laughs> Yep, right now it's going to be perception okay. for all yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. So okay. they changed the way initiative rolls work now. Now they're based on whatever is appropriate for the setup going into combat or encounter mode. Okay. So it can be perception. If you're talking to somebody, and uh, it, it could be diplomacy check. It could be stealth if you're trying to sneak up on somebody. But everybody else gets perception. It just kind of depends on the situation. Okay. Seven for me. Oh, no, ten. Clover, what was your... Uh, 23 total. Ferox. 22. Nice rolling, guys. Anitzi? 7. <laughs> and Jagar? 10. 
All right, so uh, you guys have a rolled initiative. I'm just going to set the scene. As you are walking out of the door, you hear Snips kind of sniveling, and he says, I brought them, I brought them to you. And he dashes off to the right. So who was in the lead? Snips, you son of a bitch. That would be me. Cigar. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're going to take a quick second and set up this, the map real quick for you. All right. Round one. Clover, you go first. What would you like to do? I would like to take out my hand crossbow, load up a bolt, and shoot that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are they all basically the same way? They're all so basically they're four uh, thugs. They are dressed up. Um, I'm trying to think of really a great way to describe them. Thuggish. Yeah, I mean, but they have a, a bit of elegance to them. They're wearing ascots, and they have, like, a vest on. Um, they have very, very nice haircuts. Well, fuck these well-dressed guys. <laughs> are nice they brandishing uh, razor blades? <laughs> they are brandishing razor blades. Oh, they snapping? Hell. They're not snapping, but that would be great. <laughs> they are now. Yeah. They, they are, are humans. Head. All four of them are humans. I was waiting for him to shut up. (laughs) So, Clover, you're taking an action to pull out your crossbow. You are taking an action to load your crossbow. Mm -hmm. And then for your third action, you are actually attacking. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is your roll? 23 total. 23 total is going to be a hit. Is it a crit? No. Oh. Very close. Okay, I'll roll my damage. Nice. Three. Three points of damage. Awesome. All right. Is it this one with uh, my fingers on? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Number four, well-dressed human with a nice haircut, number four. And an ascot. Oh. And razor blades. Yeah, Yeah, and razor blades. Great. Uh, Ferox, it's your your turn. From where I'm standing, do I have line of sight on... You are probably actually still within the Smiling Cut building. I would say you probably need to step out. You can see there's a line connecting those two buildings there. That is the threshold of the building itself. Is the door open? The door is open, but you've got two of your friends right in front of you. Three of your friends, really. So line of sight, you probably can kind of tell that there's something going on, but you you can't necessarily see the four thugs there. In that case, I am going to cast Shield as one action. And as a second action, I'm going to cast Protective Ward, which is my Abjuration ability. Um, it's 10-foot radius burst, which I believe will get all of my party. And as long as I concentrate, everybody has a plus one conditional bonus to their armor class. Oh, nice. What? Including my guys, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my round. Okay. It is going to be the thug number two there. He is going to step up to Jagar. And he is going to try to attack you with his long, with his long <laughs> razor blade. Razor blade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just check it. I'm going to assume that a five does not hit you. <laughs> That's against my AC, right? Yes, yes sir. 15. What is your AC? Fifteen. Like Great. He is. is going. Is that with my plus one? Oh, sixteen okay. with his plus one. Okay. What was the spell? Uh, it's called. Protective Ward, it's a power, not a spell. I don't know if, it, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, protective Ward. I'll just do Temporary Adjustment. Plus one mice. Alright, and he's going to try to attack you again. And he's going to miss. And he's going to miss. All three attacks miss. It is now... So the... wait, 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 wait. He moved and then attacked. Oh, I apologize. He would have only have attacked you twice. Okay. Yeah. He so missed all two all, attacks. All two. All so both. it doesn't matter. All yeah. yeah, I just want to make sure we're getting it right. Absolutely. Um, 
Thug number three, it is now his round. He is going to pull out a sling, and uh, he is going to try to throw a nice big old rock at you. I also read something cool. Since there is a creature that is a category size smaller than him, and above, which is his own person that stepped up in front of Jagar. Uh, Jagar actually gets a plus two to his AC for slight cover. Yes. That's awesome. Mm. That means 18. Very, very good. Uh, however, it does hit you. Ow. <laughs> That's a hell of a shot with a sling. It does three points of damage total. He is going to he's going to try and hit you one more time, and he's going to miss on that second attack. It is now the first thug's turn. Where is he at on the map over there? Great. He is going to walk through his teammates and to the right of Jagar, and he is going to try to attack you. 21 does hit, correct? Yes. Great. It does. One point of damage. He's going to attack for the second time. And he misses. Yes. And All right. it is now your turn well, to guard. Smoke him. So I've got a dude in front of me. I'm just going to draw my sword. You've got attack. two in front of you. You already had your sword drawn, I believe. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and attack the first one who attacked me, number two here. Okay. A little FYI about second edition. Do you carry a shield? I do carry a shield. If you want to have that shield bonus to your armor class, you have to take an action to raise it. My shield is not currently raised on here, so I don't have that bonus enabled. That will probably be my final action. Okay. Nice. Because I'm the negative four to attack. So anyways, I am using my longsword. So... 19... 19 will hit. Yes. Okay. Damage is 8 Ooh, that's good. So that's a 1 plus 3. So that's 4 damage. 4 damage, and you were attacking... Number 2. Number 2. Very nice. You still have 2 more actions. I'm going to go ahead and attack him again. Okay, at a minus 5. Uh, what would be minus 5? Your second attack is always a minus 5. And then your third attack would be a minus 10 if you had one. That's the way the, okay. the new 2.0 two rules work. So your first attack is your whatever normal bonus. And then your second attack is your normal bonus. But after you add everything up, you minus 5 from it. Okay. Yeah, that, that, yeah it's not going to hit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one minus one, minus 5. There <laughs> so you go. Negative 5. <laughs> you smack yourself in the face. Luckily, have no fumbles. That. And then I am raising my shield for my final action. Great. All right, Anitsi, it is your turn. By Iomade, by all that is just and right, you will tell us what we want to know, and you will tell us now, and we might let you live. And then I'll step up and attack their ass. Cool. Where are you stepping up to? That's an excellent question. (laughs) I'm kind of... I'm kind of right in the way. Yeah. I, can I move to the right of Clover and still attack? I can't really see. The, you can. It okay. is a double doors exiting into the Excellent. alleyway. So. so I will just uh, stride over to the right of Clover, which okay. will be 10 feet. And then I will use my long sword and thrust through the doorway for piercing action on uh, number four, I think. Number three. Number one. Got it. <laughs> what I, it's going to be one through four. It'll yep. be one, one of, of those guys. Uh, it'll be a natural Whoa. 20. <laughs> nice! Oh. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> so, using my long sword, that is going to be a 2d8 worth of damage plus 2. Nice! 
three plus six is nine. nine. So 11 points of damage for this guy. Beautiful. Tell us how you kill him, Wes. Oh, man, it just goes right through his throat. Uh, I was aiming a little lower with uh, to get him in the stomach, but I, I guess I aimed a little high. Very nice. As a gnome, it was a little tough, but I got it right in the larynx. Jump up and just pop him right in the larynx. All right, knock Punch that out figure. style, you jump up mm-hmm. like the green guy. Yeah. yeah. Very and nice. And then uh, for my next action, I am going to step up again another five feet to put myself next to... Jagar. So there are two men with shields right there in front of him. I'm just not using my shield yet. Awesome. So you had a uh, stride, an attack, and then, well, I guess a stride, a strike, and a step. Yep. Alliteration. Very nice. I love it. So bad guy number four. He is going to take two steps over. There. Yep. And he is going to use his sling against Jagar here. Is your AC still an 18? Uh, with the shields up, my shields up, which is seventeen with his bonus. Seventeen with his bonus. Yes. I just didn't know if because same size character was in front, it had the extra. Plus. Is it a sling? Yes. Then yeah, you'll get that plus two. I guess. So, so nineteen. Yeah, 19. nineteen with the nineteen that actually misses. Nice. So he's going to take his last action to try and sling another rock at you there, and he is going to miss for the third time. That is the end of round one. We go back to the beginning. Clover, what would you like to do? I'm going to load up another bolt. All right, so that's one action. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to aim for number two. Now, you are firing through one of your friends there. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember the penalties on firing? I think they still get the same soft cover. They still get the same soft soft cover. cover. I will not, because I'm firing over short. Right. But... Right. Same size. Nope. Category smaller than you. So that's what I'm saying. Like small. I don't take a penalty. You will. I'll take a penalty. Yeah. If you're because you're medium, anything from small and up, you'll get a. They'll get a plus two. So it has to be two categories smaller. Yep. Huh. Okay. Okay. So he's got a plus two then. But go ahead and fire your arrow. Fire your bolt. It's not an arrow, I guess. All right. That's gonna be a 19 total. 19 hits. Hits. Ooh. And which one were you firing it at? Number two. Number two. Three points of damage. Very nice. He is looking pretty rough. He's a little dead. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Feyrox, it is your turn. All right. Hannah, were you, for your last action, were you reloading your bolt or reloading your... Oh, I had one more, didn't I? You have yes, one more action. Yes, I'm going to reload. Going to reload. Okay. I am going to concentrate on the shield thing I have going. The... Keeping the, your shield up. Not my shield. Uh, the spell, the protective ward requires concentration to keep. Oh, for everybody plus one. So one action to concentrate on that. Um, I'm going to take a couple of shots with the short bow at number two. Great. Do it. That's 20. Woo! Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> this is beautiful. Uh, short bow is 2d6 plus d10. That is 14 points of oh damage. Oh, my God. Tell us what happens to him. Uh, it goes through him and kills the one behind him also. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. And with my second attack, uh, I'll shoot at number three. Okay. 14 minus five is nine plus four is 13. 13 is going to miss. 13 misses. That's it for me. All right. It is... He's dead. Bad guy number three. 
He is standing right to the left of you, Jagar. Um, he is going to take one step into your direction. This is my guy number three. Yes. One diagonal step into your direction. There you go. And now he is going to try to attack you with his blade. So he's going to move. He's going to take a stride 10 feet then, because yeah. he's 10 feet away. Oh, okay. Sorry. From here, it looked like it was okay. one. So he's striding into directly in front of you. He is going to attack, and he is going to miss. And he's going to take a second attack, and that one should hit 19. I have 17 AC. Great. 19 is going to hit. Three points of damage. I'm getting tinked away with those threes, man. It's okay. That's why I'm in the front. Yeah. <laughs> Thank right you. On, man. <laughs> All right. And it is Jagar's turn. All right. So I'm just going to, with this, I'm just going to try to stab this guy who just punched me in the face with his blade. All right. So... Natural one. Natural twice. <laughs> I don't like that dice. I need to switch it. Hey, you rolled 20 on it on the third I ball. did. I did. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be a, a crit fail. There's no crit no, fail. No crit oh, yeah. failures. I'm not on strikes. Thank God. Not Anyways, Thank God. you got two more Probably. actions, bud. What would you like to do? Uh, so, I'm just going to try to. Uh, I'm still okay on health, so I'm just going to go ahead and bash him with my shield. Oh, cool. Oh, a nice. shield bash. I don't know if we've seen this yet. So, how's that work? Yeah, walk us through it. Uh, just attach my light shield. It should simply be a d20 plus two. Cool. Awesome. Right. So it's just like a normal strike then. It just is just a normal shield. strike. It's just Very a weapon. Cool. Very cool. 17, 18, 19. That'll hit. Second attack though, minus five. Yeah, right? Minus five, so 14. That hits. Okay. Nice. That's going to be a 1d3 plus <laughs> three. <laughs> okay. That's a d4. I'll just d6 by two. That's a three plus three, so it's six damage. Nice. Six points of damage, and that is number three. Correct. That was a heck of a, that was a heck of a shield bash there. Tell I may us. not be good with the sword, but the shield I got under control. <laughs> you need to carry two shields. <laughs> it's like carrying a barn with you. Jagar, tell us how your shield crumples this man. All right, so I swipe my sword, and he dodges it just out of the way. As he's moving down, dodging away from my sword, I just take my shield and ram it straight into his face. Ooh. Knocks him out cold. And I think he's knocked out, but turns out I accidentally uh, crushed his temple in, and he uh, crumples to the ground and joins his friends. And then, all right, Nitsi, <laughs> it is your turn. There is one. I have one more action left. Oh, oh you do. I apologize. <laughs> I have one more action left. Uh, he's got I'm this Pathfinder two down. Yeah, he does. And I'm gonna just go ahead and walk on up to this guy. Okay. <laughs> Striding up. Are you taking a step? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, ten feet, but I can move twenty. Great. All right, uh, that is the end of your turn, Anitsi. Anitsi will repeat what he said six seconds ago. By Omade, by Iomade, all that is just and right, you will tell us what we want to know. And I'm going to run, charge forward, and try to tackle this guy and bring him to the ground. Oh, very cool. So an athletics check. Yes. Great. Which, because I'm wearing a breastplate, I'm also carrying a heavy steel shield, I take a minus five to the roll <laughs> as an armor check penalty. Uh, so it'll be a negative three total to a 17, so I rolled a 14. 14 actually does not topple him over. He sees you running towards him, crosses both of his arms, and he's able to stifle off your attack. Bowling ball style did not work. In that case, I will take my second attack. Okay. And I'm going to cut him with my longsword. He's not going to make it easy on me. Uh, it's 17. That minus hits. 5 is a 12. That does not hit. Hold on. I'm, I'm working my way through it. Uh, plus 2. So 14. That does hit. Excellent. Uh, D8 of damage. 
uh, three plus one, four points of damage. Four points of damage, very nice. And you have one more turn, sir. No, that's it. Uh, I did a stride to get close to him. I tackled him with athletics check, and then I cut him with my sword. Gotcha. Okay, I was thinking that charge was all one action. No, unfortunately. Even if it uh, was an action, it would have been... In this game, they would consider that an activity with a stride with an ending with an attack. That makes sense. So it would have been two actions. So it would have been two actions. Gotcha. All right, it is his turn. Um, he looks at you and he goes, you've already killed four of my bloody barbers. You're not going to get me either. You already killed three of my bloody barbers. You're not going to get me either. He's looking to the future. <laughs> and uh, he actually takes a full stride away from you. So with his feet. speed and he is running, I believe running, he gets 50 feet. He's, he has a base speed of 25. Out and away. I don't think there's any. Is there not running, running anymore? Unless you've read it somewhere different. A stride I, is a stride is a stride. I there's think a stride no is a stride is a stride. So he's going to take three strides to try to so escape. Seventy-five feet. Seventy-five forward. feet. He's yeah. off the map. He's yeah, off the map. That's one stride in his turn. Yeah. He is gone. So. Oh. Yes. I think we can get him. Oh, you think you can get him? I think we can get him. I want to get him. Is there anything with him being right beside me? Like, does he have to... Or is that old Pathfinder? Old Pathfinder. Right. If you had... So fighters have attacks of opportunity, however nobody else does. No. Yeah. Um, you can take that feat later once you level up, but you have to multi-class and... Yeah, I, I Yeah, so he does. He books it. Um, that is the end of his turn. Clover, it is your turn. However, you notice you see Snips off to the right, and he is cowering on the ground. I'm going to turn my crossbow on him. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to say, Talk, you little bastard! I'll, I'll say whatever you want. I'll, anything. I'll tell you everything I know. <laughs> the truth! <laughs> I was I was trying to set you up. I've, I've always been a weak coward, and I thought that maybe if I could join the <laughs> join the bloody barbers, it would make me strong. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've always been a weak coward. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> and a confident man at that. Great. So where is Snips, like, in this whole um, area? Is he... he is actually on the other side right there. Yep. Okay. And this is the first time you can see he kind of has that thousand-yard stare. Like, he's never seen anybody be hurt, not in real life anyways. And maybe he's read about it before and always thought of it as the great adventures, you know. And this is the first time he's seen anybody be murdered, just straight up and murdered in front of his face. And he's terrified of the four of you. So everybody's a thug to go do thug things. Yeah. We were defending our lives. <laughs> yeah, and you were, absolutely. And the thing is, is he's the one that sets you up. Uh, you all are out of combat. You can go back into explore mode. Um, if you want to chase after the Bloody Barber, you're welcome to. However, you can investigate Snips. I think Snips might be, now that we know yeah. what's going on mm -hmm. with him, I think it might be enough. However, somebody knows we're coming. And I'm going to give three points of healing to uh, Jagar. Okay. Is it not plus your wisdom? Ooh, that's right. We do get wisdom now. Yeah. So seven. Seven points of healing to Ooh, Jagar. Not 37. Seven. After I heal Jagar, I will walk up to Snips. After I protected you, after I defended your honor in that store, you are going to try and set us up? I'm sorry. Snips, what's I'm, going on, man? I, I thought I, we were friends. I don't know why you thought that. We'd met 15 minutes ago. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> but when a guy stands up to your mean old boss, you kind of think maybe you're developing a rapport here. This is how it works. This is how it works, Snips. I mean, you stood up to her. I was hoping the bloody barbers would cut her throat. 
you're vicious. You're very vicious. Uh, however, you're going to make it up to us, and you are going to bring us to Incan. I, I told you earlier. You are going I, to bring us to Incan. I actually don't. I don't know where Incan might be. I'll shove be. the crossbow a little closer to him. Okay. Uh, roll, both of you, roll an intimidation check for me. Natural one. Me too! Oh, shit! <laughs> wow. You just encouraged him. Oh, my He's God. He's a stronger man now. You're doing great. You're yeah, fine. honestly. I, it's like, like, and I'm, I was actually less trying to intimidate him here. Sure. I really was trying to do more diplomacy. His shoulders it, come back a I little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, He's a little no. taller now. He stands up. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're working with you here. You're going to help us out. You're going to make it up to us. You are going to bring us to Incan or to the nearest bloody barber that you know that's still alive. Now roll a diplomacy check. And please roll better. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much better. Mm. Uh, 12. That's great. Uh, I'll tell you everything you know. Everything I know. I'm sure it's Everything not I much. know is about to be everything you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of like, he's really like torn up. He's, he's crying. He's snotty. Just nasty little kid, you know. Hanky, wipe, it, wipe his face off. And he just starts spilling. It's like diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> uh, I know that. Uh, press, press the digitate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anymore, it's not. <laughs> so he starts. Uh, he starts spilling everything he knows. Uh, I, I I know the bloody barbers are they're terrified of of whoever's doing this killing. They have absolutely no idea. I I don't know that anybody knows at this point. If if they don't know, um, I I do know. I, I overheard them saying that the, one of their own was killed. Uh, possibly a revenge for this, some hired murder. They they killed some half elf cleric. I, that's all I really know, I swear. I don't know where their bases are. I, I know they've come here every once in a while, but I, I try and impress them with my hair cleaning, which is not very impressive. Apparently. So let me clear this up. You know that a half-elf cleric, this cleric belonged to the Bloody Barbers? Uh, no, no, the half-elf cleric was murdered by the Bloody Barbers. They they were hired to kill him, as from what I understand. I'd, oftentimes, when I take out the trash, I listen to the, the barbers that you just murdered okay. violently. Are you referring to Nelfiorin? No, that, no. That's a different person? I have no clue who Nelfiorin is. So who is this half-elf cleric? I really don't know. I I just heard them over talking about that, you know, one of their own had been murdered and possibly it was revenge killing for when they killed this half elf cleric. I didn't hear a name. Is Valette a bloody barber? I doubt it. She's just a mean fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Snip. Stand up for yourself. This is what we need you to do. I tried and you all survived. All right, point us in the direction. Where do we need to go? We need to find some more of these bloody barbers. We need to find Incan. Uh, honestly, I, I don't think the bloody barbers have anything to do with this Rose Street killings. I, I believe them. They're just as terrified as everybody else in the city. I don't think that they're involved at all. I think we need to find out who this half-elf cleric was. Yeah, definitely. yeah I agree. Which, we need the bloody barbers for that. So... Do we need the bloody barbers to find that out, or can we maybe hit a sheriff's office yeah, to do some to record searching? Maybe talk back to uh, Ambrose. Yeah, head back to Ambrose and find out if he knows that the bloody barbers killed this cleric. Like tracking down the barbers at this point. Sure, meh. I mean, if you roll perceptions, uh, I, I won't even make you roll perception. 
you believe Snips at this point. I mean, he's just a completely sniveling, snotty mess. He's telling you everything he knows. And he doesn't believe that the Bloody Barbers are involved at all. He thinks that this is just another gang and, you know, they probably have a bad rap. They probably do actually kill people. But in this instance, they have nothing to do with these murders. They really are just as terrified. I want to make sure I'm caught up with you. So they killed this half-elf cleric, and they think in retaliation one of theirs was killed. Possibly by this Rose... Uh, Rose Street murderer, yeah. So the Rose Street murderer who also killed the Neferin Zen? Uh, we don't know that Neferin Zen has been murdered. Uh, she has just been, she's gone missing. And that's what oh. Ambrose is getting involved in is because a Pathfinder Society member is missing. And he she's, believes it's tied to gotcha. the murders. All right. Yeah, so yeah, we definitely need to talk to Ambrose. Snips, on your feet. We're going to the Pathfinder Lodge and you're going to get a job there. Okay, and And see. Remember this moment. Even though you tried to get us killed, I am taking care of you. You are very, very generous, man. And he like gets down on his knees and starts to kiss your feet. On your feet. I'm sorry, sorry, sir, sorry. I'll try better. I'll kick him in the butt. I'm gonna pick up my three copper. (laughs) Oh, uh, from when you uh, stole the scissors. The scissors are now loot. They are not stolen. I see. Yes. (laughs) Snips doesn't care. <laughs> I didn't uh, see him do it. Speaking of which... Speaking uh, of loot, right? Yeah, yeah. we need to Good. search these yeah, well, three dead bodies yeah. here. You find nothing. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we at least get some scalpels and a sling out of this. Yeah. Uh, so you guys find uh, three sets of leather armor, which is the sets that they were all wearing. Um, you find three blades, which are the equivalent of daggers for this, uh, but they are razor blades, like the very fancy think... Um, like a straight razor? Sh- yeah, they're straight razors. I was thinking that they, they have like... Um, I'm trying to think. It doesn't specify that the Bloody Barbers have any kind of symbols, but if they did, I imagine that it would be something really silly like BB, you know, but it would be like inscribed on the actual straight razors themselves. It's got their logo. Yeah, it's got their logo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So you guys get three of those. Uh, You also find one sling, and you find about seven or eight rocks that have been polished for a sling specifically, and you find a total of ten silver points. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't changing, damn it. So if nobody cares, I'll take the shiny rocks. Just the rocks, not the sling? I don't yeah. want the sling. No. The sling is a piece of leather that we throw in the garbage. Yes. <laughs> how, many, how many rocks was it? Eight? Uh, eight. Everything else, as far as I'm concerned, can stay there and rot. You're just going to leave the bodies? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fine. You guys did a great job on that combat, by the way. <laughs> Hell yeah, we did. Man, it's nice having a tank with a high armor class. It mm-hmm. changes everything. And four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four people. That's really yeah. helpful. It, I can't believe how imperative it is to have four people oh for God. this. Yeah. Um, great. So you guys heading back to Ambrose? Yep, heading back to the Grand Lodge. Okay. So you guys hand back to the Grand Lodge. Um, yet again, absolutely beautiful uh, columns whenever you first walk in. You open up the door. Receptionist there. Oh, hello. I see you're back. Why do I keep doing that one voice? I don't know. <laughs> it talk works. to myself now. Don't even talk to her. Just walk right back to where Ambrose is. Gotcha. Uh, Ambrose is probably behind his desk at this point. He's no longer sitting in front of it or sitting on top of it, polishing his sword. You still have that spot. Here, give me your rag. Let me get it for you. And he just stares at you. Your rag, polish, just just, just, just hand it over. I see you're back in it. See you. What do you have? <laughs> uh, Half-elf cleric clil- kir- killed. Killed? Murdered, <laughs> murdered by the uh, by the bloody barbers. Probably within the last week or two, maybe. 
Any info? Ring a bell? Uh, I can't say this particularly rings a bell to me. Um, definitely something I should look into, I suppose. You're saying the bloody barbers killed a half-elf cleric? Correct. What did you find about them being involved with the Rose Street murderer? Not at all. Uh, probably one of their own were killed by the Rose Street murderer in retaliation for this half-elf cleric. That's all we need to know where they where that happened. How see or who the yeah, half-elf right. cleric was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or what kind of deity? I mean, we don't know anything about this cleric. Unfortunately, neither do I. So I will see what I can't find for you. Do you think, Adam, do you think going to the city watch is something that we could go... The, they report murders, I'm assuming, to some sort of law law enforcement? Uh, they probably do, yes. Um, however, if Ambrose is unaware of it, which he should be aware of this particular murder, and he's not, um, you know, if you were to ask him, well, you have asked him if he's aware of anything. He says no, and he tells you, let me look into this murder for you. Rest for the rest of the day, and I will be back with you in the morning. You get the rest of the night. You do. You get to rest for the evening. Will you and pay for our end stay? I've already confirmed with the lodging. We will have a room. All four of you have to share, unfortunately. But hopefully, that will not be a problem. No, no, that's fine. Whatever. I just sleep inside this thing. Is there a... <laughs> is there a <laughs> you turtle up. Is there a park or anything like that in the city? Just Like a place to walk your dog? or Yeah, like, just like a, just a park with trees and sure, grass. Sure, That's where uh, Ferrex will spend his night. Okay. So you're actually separating from the party, then? I am splitting the party. <gasps> nice. All right. And the rest of you just going to stay in Ambrose's lodging? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. First, I would like to, uh, I want to haul Snips over to the receptionist, kick him in the ass, and uh, pull him down by the ear. Okay. Can I reach his ear? Uh, he's only like 11 or 12, so he's probably a foot taller I'm than gonna, you. I'm going to jump up and grab his ear, pull him down, okay. and say, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Yes, yes. Rule 36 of adventuring. Never fucking sell out your friends. I'm going to kick his butt and tell him to go ask for his job. Okay. And you do. Uh, so he walks over to the receptionist and he introduces himself and you hear him kind of stumbling over his name and eventually he gets all the words out and the receptionist just goes, oh, great. That's one of these. And uh, <laughs> I want to give him the... Uh, and I'll I'm walk up to you. the receptionist. I'll leave his silver piece there and say, this should take care of his wages for probably a month. Just break it up over time. Don't give it to him all at once. Make sure he sweeps the lodge and keeps it pristine. He is here to help you. And the receptionist rolls her eyes and then immediately puts on that fake um, concierge face and looks at you and says, of course, I would be absolutely happy to help him. I'm sure that we can do this for him and we can find a job for anybody. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> the, the plastic grin. The... Yeah. The very fake, like, oh. Are you going to take the silver I back? I love my yeah, job. Yeah, take the silver back and say, never mind. Okay. Uh, and I'll bring him to a local bar and do the same spiel. Okay. I'll pay for his wages and make sure that he's going to have a job doing stuff. Sure. Cleaning, cleaning a place. You take him back to the bar that you were at this morning. Yeah, floats and taps. Floats and taps. Yep. Um, <laughs> who The bartender, the half-work bartender, welcomes you. Hello, friends. Yeah, I see you're back. Did yeah. you find what you were looking for? Uh, yeah, I found this guy. Uh, do you need somebody to sweep a place for free? For free, you yeah. say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Look, here's a silver piece. Should pay for him for a month. Just keep him busy. I can do that. And uh, what is his name? Uh, Snips. Uh, but I think we're going to call him Sweeps from here on out. You okay with that, Snips? Uh, yeah, yes. Sweeps. Sweeps. His name is Sweeps. You can call me... Which... No, actually, my name is Snips. Okay, there <laughs> we go. Much better. Pat him on the head and leave. Okay, you leave. Uh, you head back to the Grand Lodge, and uh, you guys have the rest of the evening to do what you like and rest. Pat him on the head. 
Nice going, sweeps. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so this is um, kind of the end of the day. You guys are welcome to do whatever you'd like, uh, rest up. Um, you do have one room to stay in that the Grand Lodge has set up for you all. Uh, it can accommodate you in any way you would like. I think we'll just, uh, everybody gets healed back to full if they took any hit points because I'll be able to burst and all that fun stuff. That'll Great. be no problem. Awesome. Uh, and then anything you want to do, otherwise I'd say just skip to the next day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Rest for the night. Awesome. So uh, the those of you that are in the room, uh, you are woken up by hearing a on the door and a piece of paper is slid under the door. Who is the first to find it? Who would wake up and probably go grab it? Not me. Ferox, you are not even not in even the building. <laughs> I'm assuming at this point you're probably getting ready for the day. You will probably meet them at the Grand Lodge. Okay. Reception checks all around. Are we all sure. in the highest Whoever has sure. the highest wins. Or loses. It depends on what the letter says. Right. Six for me. Ooh, nat 20. Yes, <laughs> oh it was the rogue. 16. Can we trade dice? Clover. Right. So I'll just uh, I'll lift up my sleeping mask and <laughs> scuttle over to the door. <laughs> Lou, what's this? You have a letter. It is uh, an envelope on the outside. It says, To the Adventuring Party from Ambrose. And I look at it and I squint. Uh, I can't read this. <laughs> <laughs> really? You can't read? Like, it's it. Like Hannah can't read it or Clover can't read it? Clover. <laughs> Okay, uh, and so Clover's intelligence should be high enough to read. Oh it. shit, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's true. I it is written it. in common. Okay, okay. which you do speak it. and I read. I can read it. Okay. The gnome's head will pop out of the breastplate sitting on the floor. <laughs> What's going on? What's up? What's happening? We have a note. Another one. Another one. Yeah, the one from Ambrose. And now we get another note. Oh. Who's this one from? Ambrose. He sure is a writing motherfucker. <laughs> In the middle, what time is it now? He's a texter. He doesn't yeah. like to call. It's, a, it's, like, it's probably like 6 a.m. I imagine yeah. this guy wakes up at 4 and does nothing but be grumpy for two hours. He does his like morning push-ups and shit, you know? No, he just sits there and broods, you know? In the middle of the night, he's going to send us a letter? It's morning. What? It's 6 a.m. It's morning. I don't get up till noon. He's, oh, like, the lethal, he's like the lethal weapon captain that's always yeah. pissed about nothing. Exactly. Like yelling at yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, let me read this. No. Shh. Okay. Shh, 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 shh. I'm a shh. <laughs> Pathfinders, with the ongoing rash of disappearances in the streets of Absalom, it seems prudent to strengthen ties with our allies. I'm sending you into the sewers. <laughs> what the hell? We're going into the sewers to meet with one of the society's most dependable, albeit more unconventional, allies in Absalom, the Sewer Dragon's Robold Tribe. Kabold. Kabold. That's an R. That's a K. K. Well, it doesn't look like one. Okay. Kabold tribe. You'll be meeting with their speaker, Dragon Speaker, what? Ingushes. Ingushes. And offering whatever assistance you can. When people disappear on the surface, bodies usually end up in the sewers, and having the eyes of the sewer dragons helping us could could prove invaluable. Venture Captain. Venture Captain Ambers. And Ferox, you actually received the same exact letter. Um, it is, I'm assuming you slept in a tent? Probably just on the grass. Okay. If yeah, you just slept maybe. in the grass, you wake up and it's on your chest. Oh, that's very unnerving. But you have the same exact information that they do. Uh, do I know anything about the sewer dragons? Can I do a uh, society knowledge recall check? Absolutely Thank can. You. Have you guys ever met a kobold? 
Looking at Clover and Jagar. Once. No. They smell. Like what? Sewage. Ew. Which is why they live in the sewers. I don't want to go. I don't really want to go either. Hmm. But I think if we're going to solve this mystery, we might have to. Uh, what do you guys say we go find uh, Ferox in whatever tree he's sleeping in? So Ferox, going to pan over to you. You wake up, you find your letter, you read your letter, and you begin thinking about kobolds. What do I know about kobolds? Where have I read them? What have I heard about them? You know that kobolds are small reptilian humanoids that often inhabit deep forests or underground areas with little sun, largely because kobolds' eyes are sensitive to bright light. Kobolds love to engineer traps, as most other humanoid creatures are far more physically powerful than a kobold. So most kobold tribes line their camps with countless traps to even the odds against intruders. Kobolds tend to follow the most powerful member of their tribe or scouting party. Defeating the leader often causes the remaining kobolds to panic and lose combat cohesiveness. Spellcaster... Spellcasters often take leadership roles among kobolds by citing a lineage going back to some sort of true dragon. And that is all of the information you know about kobolds. Which, to be honest, is mostly all of it. Um, how about the sewer dragons? Is that a known thing? The sewer dragons are a local kobold tribe that have been living under the sewers for about the last five or six years. There was initially actually a pretty big um, war going on. I wouldn't say war as much as skirmishes going on between them and the Pathfinder Society. But about five or six years ago, they were able to make peace. And they have since been on relatively good terms. Um, however, any chance you can to improve those terms is always a great opportunity. And Bruce believes that this may be a great opportunity to increase their relationship with them while he is looking into more information on the Rose Street murderers for you all. Okay. When, after I read the letter, I'll head to wherever, whatever room they're in. Probably heading back to the Grand Lodge. Yeah, because I don't know. I haven't really read into it too much, but I don't think elves sleep that much, even in second edition. I don't believe so, so either. Do a little meditation, then head on back. Okay. So you head back to the Grand Lodge. About the time that you reach the stairway, um, you see Initsi just bursting through the front doors, walking out, uh, probably with Clover and Jagar very sleepily walking behind them. Mm -hmm. Power walking, too. Just Power like, walking. <laughs> oh, and Ferox, there you are. The hell did you sleep? Outside. Where the hell? Outside. That's weird. And I'm holding a letter. Oh, you got one too? I'll wave mine at him. <laughs> About the uh, sewer dragons? Yep. Mm -hmm. He puts it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> do you speak Draconis? Uh, I actually do speak Draconic. Oh, that's a major bonus. Yeah. Uh, we need to stop by and get some smell good stuff heading into the sewers. I don't want to smell anything while I'm down there. At least a flipping clothespin. I'll pull my flower crown down over my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need just one second. I'm going to change out a couple of spells. Sure. Take your time. Uh, so uh, we know how to get into the sewers? Is that an obvious thing for us? You do. Attached to the letter was um, a little tiny map. or It's probably on the back of the letter. There's a map that has a pinpoint on it. Okay. So uh, you guys can just head straight there. Yeah, we're pretty mm -hmm. much just make our way. So we want to go to the shop first and get some incense, put in our nose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll stop by the local incense shop and shove some basil up my nose or something. Okay. <laughs> Gnomes are crazy. I could just picture him finding like some bright red plant that smells like cinnamon, jam them <laughs> as far up his nose as he possibly can. Get some like cloves or something and just. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> what are you guys gonna do? I'm going to go with you as well. I can't stand sewer smells. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awful. Mm -hmm. Ugh, gross. I need a clothespin. 
I am good. Okay. So you guys are able to stop by a shop easily, pick up some incense, or probably, it's probably like essential oil wax. So you probably put it beneath your nose or inside the uh, oh, inside no. your nostrils or something. Oh, That's no. what I do. It's cinnamon sticks right <laughs> up my oh. nose. <laughs> okay. So you have cinnamon sticks directly in your nose. Look, guys, I'm a walrus. I knew you were going to say that. I like to think that they went to like a, an apothecary and you mm-hmm. went to a bake shop. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. That's, I really like that. Yeah. That's going to cause attached. a rash. Ferrex <laughs> and his in, uh, uh, infinite wisdom yeah, we'll, here. We'll deal with that later. Okay. So you guys uh, head towards the corner that the map on the back has got pinpointed out for you. You reach the corner of two converging streets and you see a large manhole cover. And it is uh, no map, no map yet. This is all imagination theater. Theater of the mind. Yes, that. <laughs> so you guys see a large manhole cover there. You believe that with your uh, knowledge, this is probably where Ambrose wanted you to go. And when I say that, I mean down the manhole. <laughs> Jagar. Well, you want me to lift it? Actually, one of the things about kobolds is they're very, very fond of traps. And Clover, with your skill set, it might be best if you go a little ahead of us looking for them. And you guys are in explore mode right now, so um, I would ask that each of you give me what you're doing during explore mode. I will be detecting magic. Okay. Is that in the rule book? Yeah. Uh, I will be stealth. Great. Hannah, do you know what you're doing? I will be finding some traps. And you took a feat so you can find traps and be stealthy at the same time, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm defending. And detecting magic is not fatiguing. Defending is not fatiguing. And I don't think anything you guys chose is you fatiguing. You are seeking, basically, searching, which is not fatiguing. So mm-hmm. we're good. Okay. Cool. Hannah, roll, um, roll a d20 and add your, I guess it's thievery is what checking mm-hmm. for traps goes under. Yep. Which, actually, I roll that for you. Oh, but I got a natural 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously? Again? <laughs> Again. Hannah, you know that there are no traps at all with this manhole. It just requires someone strong to pick it up. <laughs> Jagar. I Be my guest. Lord Stop L. defending for a moment to go pick up the uh, <laughs> manhole cover. Yeah, yep. I'll help out. Okay. We'll, we'll move it to the side. Point Both break. of you roll athletics checks for me. <laughs> Did you say point break? Point break. Yes. <laughs> Athletics checks. Athletics. You checks. have to be athletic to pull up a manhole. I mean, manholes aren't aren't light. No, I man. got you. Uh, Especially a for five. a little gnome, that manhole probably weighs three of you. Yeah, I have probably, a negative five to acrobatics. So athletics. I rolled a uh, athletics. Oh, athletics. athletics. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. I rolled a nine. A nine? Yeah. Uh, that's enough. I mean, it was it was not going to be too hard for you to pick it up. It's just going to be very hard for a gnome to pick it up. Why? I've got a plus one to strength. Wimp. <laughs> just how I'm much short. do you, how much do you weigh? Uh, not very much. This manhole probably weighs about 45 pounds. Oh. I probably weigh about 50 pounds. About 50 pounds. Yeah. I'm 210 okay. with yeah, plus three. I'm sinewy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge a gnome by its cover. Wes, okay, all right. I want to see you deadlift your body weight above your head. <laughs> Wes, no yeah. way. There's no way. However, lift and drag, I can do that. Yeah. Okay, uh, so you guys are easily able to lift up the man cover uh, or the manhole. You toss it over to the side, and all of a sudden the steam starts feeling, filling the air. Just just nasty, Ugh. gross, stale sewage water smell. I bet that would smell awful if I wasn't sniffing cinnamon right now. Probably. Luckily for the three of you, uh, you do not 
have to deal with it. However, for rocks, unless you picked up something as well, you're Did dealing. Not. Okay, you you don't take any negatives. Just remember, you yeah. smell nastiness. Just filthy humans. It's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you all crawl down into the manhole. Um, it has an attached ladder, so it's pretty easy to make it down. It is a little slick. Um, maybe you slip once or twice, but you're able to make it down into the sewers with no problems. You see right outside, or not outside, it's right next to the ladder itself. There, written on the wall, is a big arrow pointing towards your left. It's dark down here, correct? It is a little dark, but this is magical chalk, so it is showing bright arrow. Okay. How many of you guys can see in the dark? I have dim light, but I also memorize light spell. So okay. I was going to, at some point, see if you wanted to have light cast upon your shield. I also have a lantern with oil, and it's a bullseye lantern. That'll take up your hands, though. This I just make your ah. shield glow, and it, your hands are free to do whatever you I'm want. I'm okay with that. I also have dark vision, so I can see what's ahead. Ah, see, so yeah, I might throw you off. Um... I have low light. I have to have some sort of light to see. Is the glowing chalk enough for me to see in dim light? The glowing chalk is actually giving off enough radiance that you can see relatively well enough to, that you don't think you're going to fall into any kind of open sewage systems or trip over anything. Okay. It's pretty bright. It's magical chalk. is what You, you know, Ferox, that you've probably used it before. It's some type of magical chalk. Okay. Also, we're not invading their lair. We're here to have diplomatic relations. Yeah, true. You're, you're meeting we're, with someone. Yeah. Oh. And hopefully they're expecting us. Okay, they are. I That's why that. I was thinking the lantern might be. Missed that. Yeah, in that case, uh, it's still keep your hands. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll cast a light on your shield. Mm-hmm. All right, light on the shield. Yeah, you guys are actually meeting with someone named uh, Inga Shez. He is a he's basically the liaison between the kobolds that live in the sewers and the Pathfinder Society. Watch out for traps. What I don't know how clean the kobolds will keep the sewers, but we're not here to fight kobolds. We're here to fight anything nasty that's been living down here in the waste. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yeah. I don't think I can see in the dark at all. Uh, with the chalk, it is enough that you can probably... You you may not be able to see very well. Um, however, you could probably hold on to one of these two. I'll put your hand on their shoulder or something and follow along. I'll and my shield is lit. Or something. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's, if he's you know three or four feet in front of you, which he probably is, uh, he's got enough light producing that you can follow along. Okay. 20-foot radius. Great. That's plenty. Of, yeah, you guys are able to see. It's probably only a ten foot wide corridor that you all are walking through as it is. So, and it's about ten foot fo- ten foot high ceilings. So, you all follow uh, several arrows. In fact, it's pointing you to the left and then the right, and then you walk down another tunnel and then you go down another ladder and eventually you reach this very very small door. You open it up, and inside you see this very cramped operating base. Um, there are several sewer dragons in there. Ingeshez is standing in front of a freshly hand-drawn map of the sewer system itself. Um, and you don't necessarily know it's Ingeshez because there are three or four kobolds there. However, he is the one that's sort of exuding dominance. He's walking back and forth. He's dressed very nicely uh, compared to some of the other kobolds. They're kind of just dressed up like a normal kobold, which you would expect. Maybe some uh, golden circlets around their ankles and their, their uh, wrists and just pants on. Um, however, this one is wearing a nice vest. Maybe he has a few like pins. You don't know what they would stand for necessarily. Um, Ingeshez is standing there and he's kind of gesturing wildly while pacing within these tight confines of a really, really nasty smelling side chamber in the sewers. Um, He's very energetic and he's very elaborately um, striding around in this deep circular pit in the center of this particular chamber. And he's waving his hands to accent uh, the ongoing speech. And he's saying, Bandits! Bandits! Intruders! Not true dragons! These new kobolds, these so-called dragon sharks, are a blight upon sewer dragons. 
dominions of Absalom's most grand sewerways. They cannot be allowed to continue their intrusion into our territory and must be stopped. You will help us, yes? Are you looking at us? Yes. Yes, I'm looking at you. The Pathfinders have always proven to be firm allies in their past, and it's time our allies made their presence known in these sewers. We'll exchange our services for information. I'd be happy to give you any information that I know. Uh, Matt couldn't quite make it out. What'd you say? Dragon something has invaded their area? Dragon Dragon sharks. Sharks. Dragon mm -hmm. sharks. Um, are these actual sharks, or is this another kobold clan? Make a society check. I'm asking... Oh, you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Inga. Uh, the dragon sharks are some tribe. They they came out from, from somewhere out east. They've invaded our sewer systems. We need them out, especially since one of our allies decided to wander off with them. Who was that? A friend of ours. We don't speak of a kind that betray their friends. Can you spell his name? <laughs> I can't say it, but I'll write it down. <laughs> I don't know what spell means. <laughs> Are the sharks kobolds as well? Yes. Do you know anything about their leader? I, I've heard rumors that their leader claims to have been a descendant of a dragon of some type. But of course, all of us kobolds claim that when we become leaders, right? True. Do you know if he's a caster? Does he know arcane spells? I, I wish I knew more, but I really just don't. However, I'm going to introduce you to my friend Faz. Foz is the great trap finder. We're gonna use Foz and his gang to trap the dragon sharks between two sides and crush them for the glory of the sewer dragons and Chief Yiddlepoodle. You are Chief Yiddlepoodle? No, my name is Ingeshez. <laughs> Adult. <laughs> right, okay, I'm catching on here slowly now. I thought you're not, you're not the leader of this tribe? No, I am the liaison between the Pathfinders and the Kobolds and our tribe. I see. Well. I speak for tribe. <laughs> have you or any in your tribe found any half-elven bodies within the last couple of weeks that probably were murdered? No. In the sewers? No. No dead bodies in the last few weeks? I mean, only Kobold bodies, because our tribes are warring over the sewage system. They're trying to take over. What a shitty thing to fight over. <laughs> Buttons. Yes, that is going to be a hero point. <laughs> oh, man, it's a cheap one, but I'll take it. Yeah, cheap laughs are always the best laughs. All right, Inga, where is this, uh, where's the area of the sewer that you would like for us to, I guess, exterminate? So, so we're not going in alone. You are going to cause a distraction. You're going to trap them in the middle. You're going to attack them from the left. We're going to attack them from the right. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, I'm not going with you at all. Well, it's the great and wonderful Foz that's going to do Foz. this. Foz. He's the most skilled trapper of all the sewer dragons. And if you don't know about cobalt traps yet, well, he's going to teach you. Okay. This sounds lovely, I think. All right, so Ingushes is uh, going to rush you all out of this small chamber uh, into a... Okay, okay, we're going. We're going. We're going. Oh, yeah. Push. And Ing is actually, really, he is. He's pushing you guys through this chamber. Uh, you can see outside of this chamber, you're walking into a tunnel system, and you can see a bright light at the end of the tunnel. 
Ingushez continues to lead you through the tunnel. Uh, you have no problem seeing um, this tunnel is actually lit up to the end because of the light at the end of the tunnel there. So once you reach the end of the tunnel, you see about six cabals. One of them, however, is standing straight up, and he's etching something onto the wall, the side of the tunnel. What the hell's he doing? And you will find out next week. <laughs> what? <laughs> guys adam here thanks for listening to another awesome show from the new path podcast we really appreciate you guys checking us out if you would please jump on over to itunes and give us a review it really helps spread the word and it lets us know you love us we would love for you to also interact with us on twitter follow the network at backpatio.net or you can follow me at the real simso s-i-m-s-o go to our website and check us out for any future updates as well backpationetwork.com uh, Wes, I meant to ask you, with the Nitsi, is that name based off of the uh, spider lore character? Would it make it cooler if it was? Not necessarily. I was just curious. Oh, okay. Well, that's a different one. Is it a different one? Is it spelled it's, different? It, yeah, it sounds similar, but it's, it's a not. Nazi, isn't it? A Nazi. A Nazi, yeah. yeah. Uh, American Gods by... Um, uh, oh. Uh, by Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Neil, Neil Gaiman, thank you. Uh, there's a character that is the spider, a Nazi. It's, it's, gotcha. a, it's a fable. It's one of those old-ass fables. Okay, yeah, but I know it from American <laughs> Gods. <laughs> American Gods is based off the old fables, and yeah, you're, you're yeah. both right. Mm. <laughs> We're all pretty here. Yeah, I know it from, Ameri- uh, from American Gods, too. Really? Yep. <laughs> I had to read it to a bunch of snot-nosed 40-year-olds like three years in a row. <laughs> Did you? American Did you Gods? 40-year-olds? Four. Four-year-olds. Four-year-olds. I was wondering how four-year-olds could be snot-nosed, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, hang out with a lot of them. So. Yeah. Why were you reading that to four-year-olds? Not American Not, Gods. Oh, okay. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah, oh. no, no, no the no, fable no. itself. Oh. Yeah, we did a study on fables. <laughs> no, I made up this name off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure. Well, you did a good job. Letters together and just said that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Scrabble Box, shake it up, and dump it out. Pretty much. I like uh, Farox. It's like Firefox. It is actually Latin for fierce. Ooh, yeah. nice. So what's his uh, what's his like, mommy, daddy, girlfriend, boyfriend? Uh, you will nickname? never know. I want to know. Precious angel. <laughs> <laughs> you almost made him spit coke all over this table. Oh that God, was really close. I'm so sorry. That was really good. <laughs> Especially the voice. Precious angel. Precious angel. <laughs> wow. <laughs>